0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey there. How you doing? Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Vince Diderio, Sean Styers,
2: one, two, here we go, mailbag day, having a good day, Vince? <laughs> having a great day, it's a beautiful day outside, like this is the weather that I'm on board with, right now it is, what is it, 72, sunny, perfect, perfect weather outside, love it, love
1: it. Nice day out, a little bit of a breeze yeah. outside, it's been a little bit chilly in the mornings here these last few days. But
2: well, You go out in your, uh, your morning constitutional, don't you? every morning
1: <laughs> it's something like that yeah
2: yeah <laughs> i do yeah i know I you do because you're you all i always know when you're out there because you voice text me when you're on your walk <laughs> that's true and so i and know i know when you're on your walk probably most of the time t-
1: it's like when, when you get the misspellings it's like oh, up <laughs> voice text <laughs> he's out walking
2: yeah <laughs> it's all good but you know what I can count on it. I can count on Sean Styers and his morning walk. So it's all right. That's right.
1: Well, it is mailbag day. So get those questions in for us today. Vince, before we get started, you know, questions, answers, all that kind of stuff. I wanted to mention something very sad that happened today. I don't know if you Uh heard about it. Um, I know you weren't a big pro wrestling fan. You've never really been a big pro wrestling fan. But I was, you know, like back in the. The 1980s WWF, you know, before it was WWE, you know, Hulk right. Hogan, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, Jimmy. Superfly those were the classic days. A, I mean, yeah.
2: those were. I I agree with you. Those were. The same. When I when my friends started getting into it, that was like the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Things had gotten a little different. You know, that wasn't like the late 80s group. You know what I mean? Like I knew the late 80s people, but my friends tried to get me into it, and I it just it just didn't take. Yep. A little too much. The Iron Sheik passed away today. He was 81
1: years old. Wow. Remember the if you if you saw any of that at all like the Iron Sheik had like the big his his wrestling boots It had the curled toe, you know, like I don't know exactly what that's called but he would like load it up, you know, he would like start <laughs> he would kind of kick back and like kick the floor, you know, oh. kick the ring a couple times with that and you know like load up the uh, the toe on that wrestling boot. But uh, I, I saw today, I read a little obit, 81 years old. He, you know, hadn't wrestled uh, obviously in a long time, but he was one of the great wrestling heels of the 80s because he played up that whole, you know, Iranian persona. I guess he was born in Iran in 1942, but he and his family moved to the States in the 1960s. He actually helped coach the U.S. Olympic wrestling team huh. in 72 and 76. So like,
2: legit wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he starts his career in pro wrestling. I guess he was kind of a good guy. They called him Babyface or something like that early on. But uh, the famed wrestling promoter, Vern Gagne, his wife, suggested, hey – you need to play up this Iranian thing. I guess it was, you know, after all the, you know, the stuff that the Rand started in the late night, uh, yeah. uh, late seventies, and all that, early eighty, yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vern Ganya's grandson, by the way, JP Ganya a member of Notre Dame's two thousand two College World Series team, yep. a pitcher. Yeah, you
2: know, that for name's that not team. familiar.
1: Yeah, um, but the Iron Sheik became a great Twitter follower. I had only started following him really within the last several months. <laughs> He was for the pearl clutchers out there. He would drop some F bombs uh, on the old Twitter account, but there was some, he had some great stuff. And it's like, I could always count on, you know, an hour Iron Sheik tweet to uh, kind of make my day, you know, at the end of the day, you know, scrolling through, it's like, there's an Iron Sheik tweet. And um, I, so, in his honor, here's a few of his final tweets that he had. Okay. Nice. He's got a pinned tweet from, five years ago, take a minute of your day to be nice to someone. You dumb son of a bleep. (laughs) That's the tweet. (laughs) That's the tweet that he had pinned for five years at the top of his account. Uh, His second to the last tweet ever from last night, whoever let the dogs out can go bleep yourself. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. No. uh Desperado, why don't you come to your senses, you dumb son of a bleep? <laughs> <He> just <laughs> yes, Great. and uh finally, if you are a jabroni, I will beat the bleep out of you. Hashtag Monday motivation. <laughs> so I like that man who coined the jabroni. Early, I don't know if he was officially the first to use the term jabronis but rest in peace, Iron Cheek. He made it to eighty-one, and like so many of these. Pro wrestlers die young. Oh, I'm sure they do. 81. That's that's a long, full life. And Iron Sheik will definitely be missed on uh, on my Twitter feed. So rest in peace, Iron Sheik. That was. I, I was shocked when I saw that this morning that he had passed away. I was like, "What? He just? I just saw a tweet from him
2: last night." Right. Yeah. 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 Like it.
1: All right, well, let's get on to some questions. Uh, it is mailbag day, so that means- We got a few lined up. We got a few. That's right. Come on, bring it on. Let's start off with a salty. Uh, by the way, um, Salty Campus, I can't remember which game that was, Salty. Was it the Clemson game? And he you know gave us like some of the cans of salty Virginia yeah, peanuts.
2: Mine never came, by the way. Oh. <laughs> it got uh, stuck in uh, Irish Breakdown Customs. Uh, never seemed Uh to make it to my house. Mine
1: had been sitting in this little cabinet in our kitchen and my wife just cracked it open this week. We had not opened them. She cracked them open. Tasty, salty Virginia peanuts. Thank you very much. Salty.
2: See, I wish I had that opportunity. Never, never got it.
1: (laughs) So salty asks, why is it under Mr. Freeman's leadership? Notre Dame recruiting is succeeding more on the offense than defense. Neither is bad. He says, but linebacker play was concerning last season what do you think about that Vince? well i've, okay, I've heard well, there's this kind of popping up
2: there's a difference between linebacker play and linebacker recruiting i mean the, his big linebacking recruiting class that he was responsible for as a defensive coordinator is they were freshmen like they you can't expect it to you know you're, you're not going to get a 100 percent return on your investment in recruiting in the freshman year of these guys like i don't think you can make a judgment on his defensive recruiting until they've been on campus for a couple of years at least Right, so we're going to start seeing some returns this year on the recruiting class. Marcus Freeman didn't recruit the linebackers that played last year. I mean, bottom line, right? I mean, he didn't he didn't recruit those guys. His recruits are going to start uh, filtering in this year, and then next year, and then moving on. So, as far as that part is concerned, that's a moot point because his linebackers haven't played yet. That's number one. Number two. I would say that the offensive recruiting has gotten better since the last head coach left. And there's a myriad of reasons for that. Number one, they're shooting higher in the recruiting world than they ever did before. And I'm, I'm stealing the thunder of Tim Priester because I listened to your guys' show and, and he said that, you know, they used to, you know, Brian Kelly wouldn't necessarily aim for those five and four stars. He was, content going with the threes that he knew he could get in and he knew that he Mm -hmm. was going to get, he didn't really shoot for the moon that often. Well, Marcus Freeman shoots for the moon. When you shoot for the moon, you know, eventually you're going to land on some stars or whatever the phrase is. Right. And he does. Um, And so overall the class is going to be better. And that, and offensively that has been the case. Uh, And I will also say that as soon as Tommy was apart from BK his recruiting got better, too. That's not a coincidence. Yeah.
1: Not just his own eyes, but, you know, the the, the vision starts Correct. changing,
2: right? Correct.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: And I, I mean, who are two guys who have been here just a little bit more than a year? Who who, who are two guys on the offensive staff who got here after Brian Kelly left? Chancey Stuckey and Dylan McCullough, whose position groups are recruiting head and shoulders better now than they were, you know, just to piggyback on what you were talking about under Brian Kelly, Dylan McCullough and Chancey Stuckey. So I, I don't think that that's a coincidence, both in development and recruiting, they're both head and shoulders better than what we saw before at those positions. And I think you can argue that if Notre Dame is going to take the next you know, the defense still has to be good and you have to continue to recruit well defensively. They, they have a, a, look at the crop of young linebackers that they have right now. Look at the fact that Prince Khalid decided to transfer out because he was not just pushed but surpassed by some younger guys in that linebacker group they had to get better skill-wise offensively though so you know i'm absolutely i'm not i'm i'm not gonna you know just just like salty said neither is bad i'm not gonna get too concerned right now after you just had a really good linebacker class last year especially that that maybe this one isn't quite it's a lot to live bar. up to.
2: And yeah, that's you don't, right. You're not going to bring in four every year either, right? I mean, that's, that's the other part of this, right? It's a numbers game. You don't need to bring in four. It's just like with the offensive line. If they end up with three in the 24 class, that's fine because the three previous classes all had five guys in it. Like, <laughs> there's still 13 of those 15 on the roster right now. You don't need to bring in a class of five. So you can narrow it down and be a little bit more selective, you know, things like that. So, you know, I... Yeah, I I think Marcus Freeman's doing just fine, and I, I agree. I will say, Salty Virginia Peanuts did kind of clarify. He said the last part was more about coaching, not recruiting from the linebacker standpoint. Um, so from that standpoint, I agree. It, the The coaching was not as solid as it was when he was coaching them as it was last year. I, there, I, there's no way I can even sugarcoat that, and I'm not even going to try. It wasn't as good, right? I'm very interested to see what the linebacking core looks like in year two of Al Golden's uh, system. Because, From a play standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Because you and have again, to
1: remember. You know, Tim Ton, t- t- you know, we touched on that a little bit last night with Tim as well. I still think that year two of the system, guys being much more familiar with the yeah. system, and as Al Golden said at the start of spring, maybe kind of decluttering some things as well, you know, like paring things down, knowing – what the schedule is going to look like a little bit more, you know, specific things that need to be prepared for and, and worked on as opposed to just a a really broad stroke, you know, heading into last spring. I I think, I think it's going to be better. We saw, we saw inklings of better in the spring. I think it's going to be better this season.
2: And we haven't seen a multi-year defensive coordinator in a long time, right? We haven't seen the second, third, fourth year of our coordinator in a long time at Notre Dame. This is the third defensive coordinator in three years Mm -hmm. right so you know let's let these guys have a year or two uh in a system and see how they adapt to it and i and again you're right adapt from a system standpoint of course and then also the coach has to adapt like you said from a schedule standpoint from the to the college game after being in the nfl you know all of that like there's an there's a an adaptation period for both and and they're all going to be in year two which can only help
1: crying belly, Vince, did you watch that Buckeye guy, what he was saying on the Voice of College Football? Did you see that? Is this the video that's posted on the the boards? Yeah, with like the four people. I've seen it, and I've pulled it up, and the guys look so stupid that I haven't even pushed play, so...
2: They did, and the one guy's like... "Mm -hmm." like yawning like in the one corner and there's a guy walking around behind them. It's like, right. Where did they get these jamokes? Like this is, this is so unprofessional. <laughs> Jab- <laughs> Seriously. They are all jabronis, like all of them. And it was embarrassing. So here's what happened uh, crying. So yesterday when the show was over after four hours of a show, Brian, we, 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 we get off and Brian's like, Hey, you got three more minutes. And I said, why not? he goes, I want to watch your face as you watch this video. <laughs> so I watched the video immediately after the show yesterday and he watched me watch it. And he was cracking up, I guess, at my facial expressions because the guy sounded like an idiot. And I, I, I don't want to throw that word around because I supposedly he's a professional. Okay. But he knew not, He he just sounded like an idiot fan is what he sounded like. He's like, well, I don't even know anybody on the roster, so they're all terrible. Like that was his whole oh, premise. Oh, th-
1: so that's where all those comments
2: yes. came from. Because yeah,
1: because right. I-, I think I think I saw Brian tweet something about that the uh, yeah. other day. He goes, "That's if what you- my tweet it- was about because was like, because uh, you don't know who they are means they're all terrible." Yes. right. Even that was his you-
2: entire thesis of what he was talking about gotcha. is that he's never heard of anybody on the team, so they must be terrible. And he actually used the word curb stomp when it came to Ohio State. And Notre Dame in 2023, like Ohio State is going to curb stomp Notre Dame, and 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 all the Notre Dame fans are going to be leaving at the beginning of the third quarter from the game. Like, all right, dude. Like, I can't even take you seriously. You can't even name one player on, like, one player. God, right. Come on, man.
1: That, that and that's like, how are you? How are you capable of making that prediction? Oh, sorry, Siri. How are you capable of, of making that statement if right. you can't even name one player? Like you don't even know <laughs> Benjamin Morrison. Who, like right, you who's don't on even all know the preseason Hartman. watch lists. If you know nothing else about Notre Dame, you should know about Benjamin Morrison and Sam Hartman. Those right. are easy. Like I can forgive you, even if you you know, even though they have a Joe Alt who's going to go in the first round next year. I can forgive a guy, I guess, for not knowing who an offensive lineman is, even if he is you know projected to be. A first round draft pick, but if you don't know who Morrison and especially Hartman are by this point, then right. What are you what are you
2: even doing? Well, and and uh like yeah, our, great point. I mean <laughs> go, ahead, ND, you go ahead and go ahead and read ND, it. Like
1: Indy Cheat Seat says Notre Dame literally has one of their players from last year, Javante <laughs> John Baptiste. I, I mean, mean point
2: there, <laughs> yeah. Where's the bell? Bing. I mean, seriously, the guy just he he didn't give any facts, no stats, no facts, no nothing. Um, it just he and the other guy was basically saying Notre Dame hasn't been competitive with Ohio State in the last five times that they've played them.
1: What was last year?
2: Oh, right. I mean, and oh, they hang their hat on a twenty-one to ten loss, and you know, I guess but, that's a moral victory, and but, you know. But, I was going to say, moral
1: victory or not, he just said that that Notre Dame hasn't been competitive. And and then, yeah, they lost. And and no one's claiming a moral victory out of that. But it was a competitive game. So, again, like he just
2: contradicted it. How can you take anything
1: that they're saying about it seriously?
2: If you You sat and watched that game and you weren't a fan of either team, there's no way you could say that Ohio State blew out Notre Dame. By any stretch of the imagination, Notre Dame was a safety blitz away from winning that game. Right. I mean, you, me, and nine people from the chat could have probably played offense for Notre Dame better than they did. And it was still 21 to 10. It was it was a pathetic display and it was still 21 to 10. I mean, it was just it's just hard. It was hard to listen to. It was three minutes of my life I will never get back let's just put it that way. So,
1: and it makes me even more glad that I didn't watch. <laughs>
2: man, I and it also makes me very glad at the quality of the shows that we produce because the quality of that show was so poor. So poor. Outside of the the lack of knowledge, okay? Just the qual- like like I said, the guy was like full out yawning in the one of the one of the square like <laughs> It was just, it, it, oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Wow. Anyway. Man, I, I guess I really missed something there. You need, to, you need to watch it just so you have context to what I'm saying. Yes, it's three minutes you'll never get back. I suppose so. I'll kill it's some worth brain it. cells. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Okay. Could we pull it up right now? <laughs> Just watch it.
1: <laughs> I don't
2: know if we want to give them the airtime.
1: Yeah, That's true.
2: God, <laughs> you're
1: so bad. So Beezer 12, washing beard. I like that. With all this realignment, how do you two feel about Notre
2: Dame to the Big Ten eventually, or conference in general? I hate it uh, with a passion that is hotter than the fire of the sun. Uh, I do not want... Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. I don't want them to join a conference at all. And the way that Jack Swarbrick has finagled himself into the college football playoff, they don't have to join the conference anytime soon. And I've said it really, it all comes down to, in my opinion, access to the college football playoff. As long as Notre Dame has access to the college football playoff, they're not going to join a conference. Well,
1: but you still have to have the TV contract.
2: I, I agree with that. Along I agree. He, and, he is, but they're going to get all along. I'm not... You
1: have to have you have to have access, and you have to have the TV sure. contract. And the third thing, though, is you also still have to have a place for the Olympic sports. And so, like, if sure. things with the ACC were to fall through, and and you had two of the three access to the playoff and the TV contract, I mean, the the TV contract is still a big question right now. Exactly how much money they're going to get out of that? Is it going to be enough to satisfy? them, especially since whatever they do is going to be compared to what schools in the Big Ten and schools in the SEC are getting. But I still think that worst case scenario, like if the ACC were to implode and you have the other two, right now you have access to the playoff, get the TV contract. I think worst case, you could just roll your Olympic sports back into the Big East. I would think that they would gladly... Yeah, I think there's plenty because there's so much Catholic identity right now in the Big East. And I think as you and I have talked about before as well, I would at least explore the idea of a similar, you know, relationship scheduling agreement with the Big 12 that they have right now with the ACC and plant your your uh, Olympic sports in the Big 12, potentially, especially since the Big 12 is getting bigger. So I think they're going to be options, but you know, and I, I agree. You know, I, I don't want them to go to the Big Ten either. I don't think they'll be there. That, that TV contract is still going to be the biggest thing. I, I think they're going to get. I know they'll have an offer of more money than what they're getting from NBC right now. The question is, is it going to be enough in their eyes to be competitive with what those Big Ten and SEC schools are getting?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about the TV contract. I'm, really not. I don't know, I don't know truly what Jack Swarbrick is looking for from a TV contract. I mean, he can say a lot of things publicly, but like at the end of the day, you know, what's your basement? What's your seat? You know, all of those things. Like, I don't know what the be-all, end-all is for him at this point. But I think he's going to be in the neighborhood at, at very least. And I, I don't think that's going to be a blocking. I don't think the TV contract is something that's going to send them to a conference. I, I don't I think they're gonna be just fine uh, in that regard okay the Olympic sports I also think that there's gonna be plenty of conferences out there that'd be more than happy to take Notre Dame and basketball and everything else but football I still think that's the thing like I well, I don't see that being an issue either
1: but there aren't there aren't you know like you still want the level of competition you don't. you don't want to send the Olympic sports to the Mac or you Agreed. don't want to. I don't I, think no, you I agree send with that. them to the American. they still have to be you know high enough stature, I think, and and competitiveness for Notre Dame to be in. You know, that's... Sure. But, but like I said, the Big East and the Big 12 are two easy options, I would think. And I would think either one of them would welcome them back. You know, and again, like, if you got into a scheduling agreement with the Big 12, like you have right now with the ACC, I think the Big 12 would love that just as much as the ACC did when this whole contract began.
2: Yep. I completely agree
1: chance to get Notre Dame down and and from from Notre Dame's perspective it might even help them out even more you'd get games down in Texas you'd get games you know you'd get a game in Oklahoma potentially every other year maybe even Colorado you know like if if that goes that way you know there's you'd you'd get into especially Texas the way they're recruiting Texas right now that would be big for them to be able to get in there every year
2: yeah I I just feel like we're a long ways away from that being a reality.
1: No, I know. I'm just saying, you know what I'm, I mean? I'm just I'm just throwing out, you know, like Sure. Because again, I don't think the ACC is going anywhere anytime soon. But I'm just saying if they somehow find a way to legally finagle out of that grant of rights and something does happen, then I Dame Notre Dame's going to have plenty of options. Let's put it that way. And I don't Absolutely. think I don't think they're going to be cornered by the Big 10. By any means.
2: No, I don't think so. They're not going to, I just don't see them being forced. I, I don't know. It, if no Dame wants to join a conference, then they will. I mean, I just don't see them have getting their hand forced. Correct.
1: Crying wants to know, Tommy Reese and his hires, Stuckey and Heastan, have proven to be a stronger bunch of recruiters than Marcus Freeman
2: and hires. Washington, Perfect. Golden. First of all, Tommy Reese didn't hire anybody. Um, Marcus Freeman hired Stuckey. Right. Right. So it's not Tommy Reese's hire, it's Marcus Freeman's hire. And I mean, Harry Heestan was originally hired by Brian Kelly. So, and
1: well, he was hired by Marcus Freeman this last time though.
2: So. Right. And he came back because Brian Kelly left and he came back because of his relationship with Tommy Reese. I get all right. of that.
3: Right. But
2: are we all going to stand here and say that Joe Rudolph is doing a terrible job at recruiting offensive linemen? Because I'm not going to I'm not ready to say that. Right. So I don't know. I I understand where crying is coming from. I just don't agree with the premise because an offensive coordinator doesn't hire coaches. And I will also say that Marcus Freeman has hired the best recruiting piece on the staff and it trumps all the names that were just brought up and that's chad bowden so tommy reese had nothing to do with chad bowden coming on and chad bowden deserves a heck of a lot of credit for the recruiting classes that notre dame has concur i have nothing to add to that nice <laughs> like a speeches
1: yes uh salty notre dame's wide receiver room getting bigger and it's tight ends room getting smaller how do you interpret this and the head coach and is the head coach or oc the principal driver of it
2: number one the tight end room is not getting smaller they lost one tight end uh last year and they're bringing in one so it didn't get smaller doesn't have Michael Mayer in it anymore. And so the emphasis of the tight end is going to go down. And I will say overall, I think the tight end emphasis is going to go down, but I mean, the offensive coordinator is the tight ends coach. So, I mean, the tight ends aren't going to go away. Right. But no matter what happened, no matter who was in charge, the tight end was going to be a less uh, emphasized position this year with Michael Mayer playing in the NFL. Right. So I don't think the tight end room is getting smaller. I really don't. There, there's a lot of talent in that tight end room. It just so happens that a couple of those guys are injured.
1: Still got right guys now. banged up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's not and, getting smaller. It's just they're injured.
1: You know, and again, like when you look at the the caliber of receivers they're starting to bring in, you know, again, going back to right. Texas, look at all these guys coming out of Texas playing wide receiver for Notre Dame and you know, guys <laughs> who are part of the 24 class as well, you know, big you know, great receiver. Like, I, I kind of got frustrated over the last few years of Brian. You know, it's like it's nice to 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 sign highly ranked guys. Okay, great, but like, do they all have to be tight ends and offensive linemen? You know, right. to me, I'm just glad to finally see higher ranked skill position guys who aren't tight ends. Like, I I I take I take the trade off. Like, if you want to be a successful offense in in 2023 and beyond. You need explosive players at the wide receiver and running back positions. And I know the question's not about running back, but I still throw that in there because the way, you know, the the caliber of guys that they're getting. But if you want a downfield explosive offense, you've got to go out and get receivers. So I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, wring my hands a little bit because maybe they're not quite signing Michael Mayer every year. They've still got, as you just said, some good tight ends in that room they've they've just been banged up they've still got some depth in there if everyone's healthy i I think it'll be fine and i'm i'm if if that's the trade-off to see maybe you know even if it is a little bit lower caliber tight end but you're getting much higher caliber wide receivers i'll take that
2: yeah i i am fine with the trend of the way things are going i don't want to forget about a tight end because i think a tight end can be a, a a great matchup offensively against a safety or an outside linebacker or something like that, if you have the right guy, but you need explosive athletes, man. And is as good as Michael Mayer was, he's not an explosive athlete, right? You need to be able to push the ball down the field. Now, could you push the ball down the field, Michael Mayer? Absolutely. But he can't be your most explosive weapon. And they treated him like he was the most explosive weapon that they had, even though Braden Lindsay was lining up, you know, in the same offense. So I just... I'm okay with them doing what they're doing with the wide receiver recruiting. I love it. I I love the fact they're going to be more explosive on the outside. You have to be that way in 2023 to compete in college football. So I like the way it's going. Do I think it's the head coach of the OC? Yes. I think it's all of the above. I think Marcus Freeman wants to score more points. I think after the Ohio state game, he realized, okay, we've got a defense that can compete. We don't have an offense that can compete and we need to score more points. And so I'm sure, and I, I don't know this for facts, but I'm sure that his charge to his coaches was, we need to be more explosive on offense. And McCullough and Stuckey, oh, real okay, all right. And so they wrote that down, and then they went out and did what they're doing on the recruiting trail with the wide receivers and the running backs. That's yeah. how I think it went down.
1: Chi Town wants to know if you could, if we could add any three players to Notre Dame's roster in college football, who would they be with those additions? How bullish would you
2: be that Notre Dame wins a natty? So, this is very interesting. Uh, because of course, my brain immediately goes to offensive players. Um, and so the first two guys I would get, and people are going to disagree with me, and that's cool. Um, I would get Brock Bowers. And I just said uh, tight ends don't matter, but he's a really, really good tight end and is explosive and can stretch the field. I would get Marvin Harrison Jr as much as I like the wide receivers. he's the best one in college football uh, and he would make everyone else around him better. I you know the third one, give me the best one technique or the best uh you know edge rusher in the nation and you add him to this defense. I'll, I'll go with edge rusher. Give me the best edge rusher in in college football, whoever that is. Pick your poison. That's who I want. And those are the three I would take.
1: I mean, I'd probably go down to Georgia and I'd (laughs) grab, like, Warren Brinson or, you know, Michael Williams, you know, one of those guys, like, add that, you know, from the defensive front and and throw them up there on the defensive line. And then I'd put Caleb Williams behind center, and I'd feel pretty good about, you know, not that I don't feel good about Sam Hartman, but if I had Caleb Williams, you know. That's I'd, I'd bulk up the defensive front a little bit and throw me in a Heisman trophy winning quarterback. And that's what I'd roll with. And I'd feel really good about my chances.
2: I I'm too dang emotional about Caleb Williams. I don't like him, So I don't want him on my team. <laughs> I, I hate to. I, and I, I realize you I'm not rivalry bias.
1: Come on.
2: I just, it's not even that it's not even that because I'd take Jordan Addison on my raw, on my team. Right. But Obviously, he's in the NFL, but the, the point still stands. I would take him on my team. I, there, there have been USC guys in the past I would take. I just think he's a prick. I don't like him. I don't like him as a human being. Hey. So, I'll, I don't know.
1: I'll take a prick if he's a I know. Prick, I
2: know. I See, he's like the guy hands. that if he's on your team, you love him, and if he's not, you hate him. He's exactly one of those. Right. He's like, for me, I mean, it's you, a very – You just hate
1: him because he had his nails Yeah, you know, that's one of them. And...
2: That's one of the reasons. But, like, for me, he falls in the same category as, like, A.J. Pierzynski, right? The catcher for the White Sox. Yeah, very true. He was on my team. I probably would have loved him. But I couldn't stand him because he played for the White Sox. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's who I am, man. I can't help it. I get you. I get you. I'm I'm getting admonished. Father Father David David. wants to
1: know if the prick talk (laughs) is (laughs) –
2: probably not show. i'm probably gonna get fined
1: then started it
2: I'm, it's my go fault. After I'll him, take
1: father full, not me
2: not, i take full responsibility <laughs> oh but he just called somebody a d-bag so i feel well, like
1: jay was a d-bag you're redeemed, <laughs> you're redeemed. father david <laughs> my man i love it it's great uh anthony thank you for the super chat he just oh, says thanks, anthony. thanks for the show gentlemen much appreciated as always anthony he's always uh more than happy to drop some of those off Love that. let me see um salty wants to know why brian is doing wednesday so solo solo when vince is out of school is vance vince
2: i can't read today is vince <laughs> leaving a man behind wow that's harsh um Actually, if you want to you know if we're going to peek behind the curtain here, I'm still in school uh, until tomorrow. And my first day of summer is actually Friday. So I've kind of like finagled my schedule so that I could be on a couple shows in the afternoon over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but he wanted to do the solo show Wednesday, which I'm all for because I do the night show with Sean <laughs> on Wednesday. And right. um, I, I love working for Irish Breakdown. I'm going to preface everything that I've said with that. But do I want a good to start. sit in this chair for six hours straight? I do not. It's a lot of
1: time. I so yeah, my back—I don't know about you, but my back hurts like when I
2: sit for <laughs> much more than an hour in a stiff yeah. chair. No, I so. get it completely. So, so I'm doing Tuesday afternoons, Monday, and night. on top
1: of that, Brian makes the schedule, and we, you know, we fulfill for it sure. to
2: the best of our ability. So. For sure. So I, I believe, I haven't seen the schedule yet, but I believe on Monday night, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday night, day off on Thursday, whoop, whoop, Friday afternoon and evening. So yes. I'm putting my work in over the summer. Don't worry, everybody. Don't worry.
1: He'll be here. He'll be here. All right. There's one from Josh that I saw in there that I'm saving Okay. for rapid fire because I think it kind of has to do with one of the questions that we're going to talk about in rapid fire do we have anything else uh, that we've got rolling in right now I don't
2: think so although Salty just says I'm getting two tins of nuts this year
1: nice nice since you got skipped last year and he also says according to your shirt he's allergic to idiots which persons make him
2: sneeze the most the author of this post is not an option (laughs) (laughs) This is a shirt that I obviously do not wear to school. I feel like it would be taken the wrong way, uh, but I I got it when we went to our uh, we went to Disney World with the family a few years back, and so this was my Disney shirt because you know it's got like a scar and the hyenas on it. So, you know, that's a really good question. Allergic to idiots there there are plenty of people uh, that fall in that category, and some I I I just. This is a very public forum, and I don't know that I should really be naming names. Uh, to be honest with you're you, you're allergic like... to
1: those guys in the 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 bucket oh, video. Yeah, right? good
2: call. Yeah. Good call. I'm allergic to all those guys that made me watch that uh, for the last three minutes. That well, that was horrible. Those guys are idiots for sure. <laughs> for sure. Tyler with another super chat. Thank you
1: very much, sir. <laughs> and he says he wants to wish us an early happy Father's Day. Man, that's coming up like uh not this next weekend. weekend
2: but next weekend next weekend right I'll, I'll be in cincinnati at a soccer tournament woohoo nice <laughs> um he says he's been a father for a little over a
1: month congrats oh that's awesome how was your first father's day as a new dad oof let that
2: you all that's been a long that's been a long
1: time ago for me i don't have specific memories <laughs> of it You know, Jesse is 27 years old, so that's how many Father's Days it has been. I'll tell you, I had a great Father's Day last year. We got to go to Omaha and, you know, spend uh, some of the best Father's Days I've ever had because, you know, I love baseball. You love baseball. There's no place. I'll just – I'll say this. I'll I'll give my PSA since the College World Series is coming up. If you're a baseball fan or just a sports fan – and especially, you know, like if you have your dad, or or if your dad who has kids, whatever, spend opening op- the opening weekend of the College World Series is always Father's Day weekend. Spend okay. spend Father's Day in Omaha if you're a big sports fan. That's the, awesome. The first Omaha I got to spend there, my dad was actually with me because he came up from Kansas when I was calling, you know, the Notre Dame games in two thousand one. So that was really cool. Unfortunately, Jesse and and Bailey, my kids couldn't be there because it was you know, we had lived in town for a little more than a year in South Bend. We hadn't been here that long. my in-laws had not been out yet. Oh, okay. They came out for the first time and they had tickets booked and the whole thing for that weekend. And you're gone and I you know so I was gone and well I couldn't planned. take Jesse with me to the College World Series. So last year that was like a big, deal for me he came to the college world series you know getting to kind of like full circle 20 years later right you know, we we spent um father's day at the college world series last year so that's that was awesome. that was a lot of fun getting to do that
2: yeah that's on my bucket list that for sure that's on my bucket list but i actually i gotta talk to you because if my kid's team wins in cincinnati guess where nationals is at? oh my Oh, Kansas. where? Do you know? Wichita? Wichita. I know. Okay. I haven't looked too closely into it, obviously, but uh cuz they got to win first. But yeah, then it'll be interesting. I've never been to Kansas before. Really? Never. Well,
1: <laughs> if if you go to Wichita, I'll say like Wichita is not, you know, would would not be my top choice. Lawrence and uh okay. the Kansas City suburbs would be you know, my, my top choice. How
2: far, Like I don't know Kansas at all. They're very far, far apart. Okay. You're going right. to
1: go through Kansas city. Okay. And then actually there's kind of a diagonal turnpike that goes from Kansas city down to Wichita. I guess it's not a turnpike, but you, you go, it, it, it saves some time rather than, you know, like going straight across and then down and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. But my, my hometown Salina is about, is a little more than an hour North of Wichita. Basically. Okay. All right. Yeah. Nice. Well, good luck. Um, the whole Kansas trip, I, I I can just see you trying to make that drive.
2: (laughs) It won't end well. I I'm not even looking forward to the drive to Cincinnati. (laughs) So yeah.
1: Yep. Joe says Kansas (laughs) very flat. It's, it's not a lie, but Eastern Kansas is uh, a little more hilly than, uh, like the farther west you go, the flatter it steadily gets. Okay. Like by the time you get to the middle of the state, that's when it's got gotcha. it's very flat. Eastern Kansas is actually a lot like Southern Indiana, like down around Bloomington. There's more okay. trees, yeah, a little bit more, you know, like rock, like Flint. The Flint Hills is actually what they call it. You see a lot more okay. rocks and kind of rolling hills and stuff like that. That's where um, Newt Rocky died in, uh, in the Flint Hills area. Kansas, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Kansas. <laughs> yes. Kansas.